0: Today on the Zabecast, when it's over, you know it's over, and the NBA Finals are starting to rot like a fish. Full team coverage of both games, one and two, with a man who knows what it's like to come bounding off the bench, Timmy Murray. We got an F that guy, we've got an update on the upstate loser, and we've got a whole lot more. All you have to do is sit back and listen, so let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, June 5th, 2018. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. As we like to say, the Stanley Cup Finals game number four, Capitals and Vegas Golden Knights, was too late for this edition, the Monday night game. I will have my full report tomorrow on that, but that's okay because we have to catch up today with Tim Murray on NBA Finals game number two, which was Sunday night. And we'll get to old Timmy T. Ty Murray in just a moment. Why don't we start with the most important news in America these days, and that is the status of the home-alone loser, or the won't-move-out loser in upstate New York, one Michael Rotondo. Michael Rotondo has finally been forcibly, by a court in New York, ejected from his parents' suburban home, or evicted, officially and finally evicted from his parents' suburban home. There were news crews that captured the inglorious moment in which the bearded, slovenly, no-motivation, 30-year-old, stay-at-home loser was finally kicked out of his parents' house. (laughs) Michael Rotondo honked and waved to reporters on Friday as he pulled out of the driveway of his parents' split-level ranch in Camillus, New York, just two and a half hours before the noon deadline set by a judge last week. (laughs) Way to leave it to the last minute. He said his parents had said goodbye, more or less, and he got his rumbling station wagon running after some false starts, this according to the Post Standard of Syracuse. I'm looking at photos right now of him and his Volvo station wagon. A friend had brought a pickup truck to help take whatever meager possessions I guess he had and that he was legally allowed to take out of the house to help him finally move out. Mark and Christina Rotundo had brought the court case against their son after several eviction letters offering money and other help were ignored. They offered, him, they offered him $1,100 so you can find a place to stay, and they nudged him to get a job, saying in their letter to their own 30-year-old son, who would not leave the house, quote, There are jobs available, even for those with a poor work history like you. Get one. You have to work. Yes, there are there are jobs for people that are otherwise unemployable hell look at Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders unemployable by the Vermont hippie commune he lived in is now a United States Senator so if that's not your you know motivational story to say hey I can do this then nothing is Rotondo had planned to spend the next week at an Airbnb in Syracuse courtesy, of a $3,000 stipend given to him by conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. (laughs) Alex Jones on his show InfoWars had this loser on and decided, hey, this is $3,000 of really good, easy publicity. In fact, I just gave him a little pop right here. Who's Alex Jones? You know who Alex Jones is. Come on. According to uh, Rotundo, he plans on moving in with a distant cousin. Distant cousin. (laughs) Distant, yes. A cousin so distant they may not even know that this guy is a loser and a leech and nothing good will come from allowing him to live with him for a little while. Ritano said the eviction fight is connected with his efforts to get back visitation time with his 8-year-old son. He lost custody and unsupervised visitation with the boy in 2017. He said he called the police at the time because he believed the boy's Lego was in the basement. And his father wouldn't let him come look for the Lego. Instead, his dad offered to look for specific items, and if he found them, he would bring them out. So, in other words, he called police over a fucking Lego. Uh, the Lego piece was found after police arrived. Do you know how hard it would be to find a specific Lego piece? No, no, it's it's this one. No, it's no, it's like a little. Uh, it's a it's a human, but he's a knight. Uh, no, he's not a spaceman. No, not a policeman, Dad. No, it's like a... Well, it's not even the whole guy. It's half a guy because he sits inside this little truck. So there's no legs on him, but it's the top half. No, no, it's not a princess. Dad, guys, just let me in the basement. Let me in the basement. I'll find it. Legos. My uh, my nephews had Legos. My, my daughters had some Legos along the way. And I helped them put some Legos together. And actually, uh, for one of our daughters, it was a good exercise in focus and concentration and patience and looking at pictures of, okay, this goes here and that goes there. It was kind of, it was, in a way, it was good. But then the shit gets broken and lost and scattered and, oh, God. My nephews, though, were the worst. They had so many Legos that pretty much, if a fire broke out in their house, God forbid, no one was home, everyone's safe, but a fire broke out and they put out the flames of the house and there's nothing but rubble. I guarantee you that when they when when everything was said and done, they start you know excavating all the rubble from my nephew's house. There would be one giant, four foot tall by twenty foot wide blob of melted plastic, known as all the goddamn Legos that they owned, uh, burnt and melted into a giant pile. Michael Rotondo, good luck. That's all I can say. Hey, Bryson DeChambeau won Jack Nicklaus's Memorial Tournament on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. He's the guy with all the weird clubs, and uh, he puts it with his anchor there. Here's the deal on Bryson DeChambeau. All-American at SMU. Won the NCAA individual title. Won the United States amateur title, which is very few golfers in hip- history, very few players have won both events. Both, both very prestigious, very hard-to-win events for amateurs. NCAA individual title and the U.S. Amateur. You may know Bryson DeChambeau as the guy that has every club in his bag the same length. And I think they are all the length of like a 7-iron or an 8-iron, if that's possible. He swings with a sort of a weird one-plane motion that looks different than other tour pros. He sets up differently to the ball. His ball flight is very low. He hits these low bullets. He can pound it, make no mistake. He moves it, but he's a very low ball flight hitter. And his putting style, he, you know, he anchors a longer putter. He anchors it against his forearm, which is legal. People have been asking me, I thought they outlawed anchoring in golf with your putter. They outlawed anchoring it to your chest but you can anchor it, you can brace it, you can meld it against your arm, and that's what he does with his putter. The other thing about Bryson DeChambeau is he is famously very science-oriented, and so he's got all these formulas and ways and theories of how to putt and how to hit and the science of it all. He was a physics major, I think, at SMU. Very smart guy, make no mistake. Well, when he came out on tour, I said, I quickly got annoyed with this guy saying this guy's a fraud. This guy is a science act. He's, you know, because he was getting endorsements from companies like they were pumping up the whole, hey, this guy's Mr. Science. And I'm like, okay, win a fucking tournament. And he had a couple good of results, and then he struggled for a while because golf is hard and people struggle. And next thing you know, last couple of years, I think he's won three of two events now. He won the John Deere. He's now won this tournament, big tournament, huge field, great field, and he did it on a course where, of course, it always rains. It's always wet. So as a low ball hitter on a long course with thick rough, the kind of course I wouldn't think Bryson DeChambeau would do well at, he won. He won the tournament, man. I got I to gotta give it up to him. However, my boy Harry Mays up there in Philadelphia, big psychotic golf fan, loves the tour, loves players, love playing. Hopefully his ankle's getting better. Harry, get better if you're listening right now. Harry does middays on 97.5 The Fanatic up there. Harry said to me after he saw my tweet saying, maybe I'll become a Bryson disciple or a disciple. He said, please don't do that. He said, the guy plays way too slow. And it's true. That group, the final group with him and Byung-Hyung on and Kyle Stanley, well, that was the playoff. But final group took five hours and 40 minutes to play on Sunday. And that's with the threat of weather coming in where they pushed up the tee times. That's an out that's an outrage. You can't have that. This is why I'm not kidding when I say I want a shot clock in golf. Ooh, here's a good tweet. And it looks like a real tweet, and it looks like it was not meant as anything other than honest score settling. After the debacle with uh J.R. Smith in game number one of the NBA finals, Freddie Mitchell. Remember him, Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver? Freddie Mitchell tweeted, I got to respect at King James for standing up for his teammate. McNabb would never do that for me. And then he did an at ESPN. I guess I give Mitchell credit. He didn't at McNabb because he wasn't trying to start a personal fight. But that sounds like he genuinely is like, yeah, fuck McNabb. He would have thrown me under the bus, unlike King James did to his teammate. Wow. Wow. Some good heat there, 8.400 likes and 3.5,000 retweets. Freddie Mitchell, call McNabb wherever Mc- where is McNabb, by the way, these days? Don't know. Uh, there's been flooding here in the DC area because of all the rain. I'm sure you've seen it on the news because uh, you know, and if you don't live in the East Coast, you still see the flooding news because as my friends Bob and Ryan in flyover Country in the Midwest say, well, nothing's important weatherwise unless it happens to New York, Philly, DC, or Boston. <laughs> I know I know I know but yeah there has been bad flooding here and what was interesting is that I saw a really in, there, one of the roads in our area a uh, fairly big side road had been washed out by a creek or a brook of a river a branch of a river that had pretty much carved out the the roadway nothing major you know there have been bigger washouts of roads in various areas But here's what made it interesting. So I'm watching the report from a local TV reporter that she recorded with her iPhone and posted it to Twitter. And I thought, man, think of what it used to take for TV stations and news entities to get live video out in a timely fashion. You had to have the news van. You had to have the satellite uplink. The satellite uplink was very expensive to get that back to the the, the station and get the film edited up. You had to have a cameraman with a tripod. You had to have complicated microphones and cables and everything else. This reporter was just holding her phone nice and steady, horizontally, because she's a professional, and was showing you footage of the washed out road, and was narrating... On the phone. Now, the audio could have been a little bit better, but there is no glitching. There is no uh, satellite interruption like you used to have at times with these live reports. She did not need a second news shooter with her, didn't need a cameraman, probably didn't even need to use the station vehicle, just drove there on her own. And that report disseminated within minutes, almost as fast, if not faster, than a live shot with a big truck was really really good the video quality on your cell phone 4K video that gets compressed and uploaded to Twitter it's not true 4K when it goes up on your Twitter feed but looking at it on your phone it's pretty good really good as a matter of fact better than the video you used to get from satellite uplinks i mean it's a new day and age it's bad for people with jobs that used to be that video shooter with the tripod and in the truck and let's go out there's a tree down over here in southeast it's great for stations that get to cut costs on these expensive trucks and satellite uplinks. I don't know what they're going to do to all of them. I mean, Who are you going to sell a, a van, a news van with live coverage? And there's going to be more and more ways, and there's already more and more ways in which field reporters are sending video and field reports through the internet, through LTE networks and everything else. That is pretty amazing. Like I said, it's bad for the frontline people that had those jobs, but... The world changes. What can you do? One more thing real quick, then we'll get to Timmy T. Time Murray. As you might have known, might have seen in the Daily Zabe, I put it out the link, you might have just heard about this, bare-knuckle boxing is back in America. Great. Just what nobody said we needed. Look, I like boxing, I like MMA. I don't think either sport is barbaric. I think there is risks in any contact sport possible concussions, dementia, CTE, damage, you name, you name it. But nobody forces anybody to box or fight in MMA against their will. They do it on their own volition. And there's regulations and there's doctors there and everything else. Bare knuckle boxing. Really? Do we really want to go down this road? Now maybe it's actually a little bit safer for your brain because you're not adding several ounces of leather and weight to your fist. And that, you know, repeatedly allowing you to get punched in the head could do more damage to your brain than somebody's knuckles. Well, it'll be more abrasive. You'll get more cuts. It'll be bloodier. Maybe it's not as bad for your brain. I don't know. The photos coming out of this first bare-knuckle boxing bout or card because there was multiple fights in Wyoming. Whoo, boy. Just what you would expect. A bloody, disgusting mess. But maybe it's gonna catch on. Maybe not. It was actually sanctioned. <clears throat> I, I say if we're gonna do this, let's bring back some other stuff. Let's bring back um, beach racing for Daytona. Yes, let's set up a beach track where it's half on the beach, half in the stands. Go look at, go Google the old pictures of you know where the Daytona 500 started. That'd be cool. Let's bring back basketball games inside a literal cage around the court. That's why some old-school announcers like Rich Schwatkin of the Georgetown Hoyas says, and the Cagers of Georgetown tonight take on Providence. Oh, the Cagers? uh, Yeah, because they used to play in a cage, actually. Let people smoke in the stands. Why not? Hey. Uh, Why don't we go back to flat-stick, no-mask hockey games, but with modern athletes? So, You know, the sticks in hockey used to not have curves, or if they did have curves, they were minimal. I'd have to research when they started putting curves in sticks. Curves in sticks allowed you to lift the puck more easily. Uh, It added uh, velocity and accuracy to slap shots because you're basically spinning the puck off the curvature of the stick. Let's go back to super flat sticks in hockey and no mass goaltenders and just hope nobody dies. Because, you know, bare-knuckle boxing. Why not? The Warriors are on their way to winning the NBA Finals as just about everybody in the world expected, and they're up two games to none. For more on this and other issues around basketball and whatever else he wants to talk to, we bring on the big Jimmer, ginger, Timmy. Tea time, Murray. So I'll ask the question, Murray, is it as over as it looks in the NBA Finals?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the Capitals. I was like, "Are you kidding me, Zabe?" Oh my God! Do not even
0: bring that up. No, don't, don't bring that up. Don't (laughs) jinx it. Let's stay calm here. We'll talk. Stay calm. We'll we'll talk Caps in a second, but uh, Uh, NBA Finals.
1: Yes, it is. Oh, absolutely over. The I I don't even think if they had won, if J.R. Smith had a brain, or if. They were able to make a free throw down the stretch if a charge call is not reversed. All of that, even if they win game one, I would not have been convinced that the Cavaliers would have a chance to win this series. But wait, but-
0: wait, wait, wait. When they get home, they're going to play a lot better. Yeah, all right. This press conference is over. <laughs> Go away, I have- no, it's oh, over, Phil. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, it's over. Not- no, no. The series is over. It's over. Here's what I find amazing. Okay, ABC carrying the game last night or or Sunday night, they, uh, they're in the business— of trying to do anything to get people to keep watching, correct? You would think, correct? Oh, yeah. Why would ABC, in a graphic, and with Mike Breen narrating, roll out the teams that have won the first two games, win the finals 88% of the time stat? Why on earth would they do that?
1: Well, then they can drop the caveat of, well, LeBron has done that, in the most recent series he did it against Boston and don't forget about 2016 when he came from 3-1 down no one else had ever done that yeah, they could they could pivot off of that statistic i
0: don't it's to me it strikes me as weird i grew up in a generation where you'd watch games that are blowouts and the network announcers would always bend over backwards murray to try to say well you never know you know you hit a couple threes here this uh, might be a game like if i'm abc i'm saying well uh, the Warriors bounce back in impressive or they don't bounce back. The Warriors close out game two in an impressive fashion. We'll see what response LeBron James has at home before the Cleveland faithful to try to get back into the series. And leave it at that. Don't roll out a stat that says it's over. Well, you show the statistics also uh, You don't have to show calves- anything, Murray. No no no. You're you not show the stats of the- show the stats at all of any
1: but probabilities. I'm saying you show the stats that showed that the Cavaliers are great at home and the Warriors this postseason uncharacteristically have struggled on the road. You show
0: those. You jam it down their throat. That's right. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. All right, so let's go back to game one. I want to talk to you about this gaffe by (laughs) J.R. Smith. Actually, first question before we get to the gaffe itself. Tell me you've appreciated and enjoyed all the memes, the video spoofs, and everything else that has come from this. What's They're your so good. What's your favorite one so far? Oh, Is it I, the one I, where the guys are playing pickup ball and the dude keeps dribbling down the street the into a mall, guy. into a court? And there's a guy in a LeBron jersey pointing, 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 pointing as they play the audio of Mike Breen and the ABC crew. The one I've enjoyed and. I don't think it's just from a buddy of mine.
1: I'm sure he found it somewhere, but they had the LeBron with the two hands out. The, what are you doing? Right. And they superimposed Frank Grimes on his head (laughs) and then Homer
0: (laughs) on J.R. Smith. That one was hilarious. That's great because it kind of mixes two memes or it mixes two cultural things, right? Yes. The Simpsons and that particular moment. Oh, but I'm Homer Simpson. I could do this. I could do anything. What are you doing? Uh, uh also there was one in which somebody photoshopped a miniature scoreboard into LeBron's hands <laughs> where he's one. showing him 107 107. And then of course oh. there was the debate about well did he know or did he not know? And at first he was saying, "No, no, I was trying to dribble out for a better shot." And then I think as late as Monday or Sunday before the game he admitted, "Well, maybe I did." Th- like cuz they're saying there's video of you saying I thought we were tied. Or no, I thought we were up. I thought we were up. Yes, there is that video where people have lip read and said, I thought we were up. Have you seen, and I
1: I tweeted it out this morning, I hadn't seen the full two-and-a-half-minute
0: uncut footage of the bench. I saw it today. Holy shit. I watched a minute or so, and then I stopped. Was there good stuff after the first minute? It was just an icy thing. Okay, so what happened after the first minute or so. So if you, if you, if people have
1: watched this, it's about, it's two and a half full minutes as soon as it ends and then, you know, the just Jr. being confused. It's so, an
0: ISO cam on the bench with LeBron and Jr.
1: LeBron, empty seat, Jr. Right. empty seat, George Hill, and then a couple dudes standing around. Ty Lu is meeting with the coaches, and then when Ty Lu so this is what you miss, Dave, when Ty Lu comes back, LeBron asks him Did we have a timeout? And Ty Lue says, yes. And then LeBron kind of loses it. He kind of throws his hands up. Then he puts his head in his hand, just shaking his head. He twists over to his right.
0: So so in other words, and that's another layer I really haven't thought much about, had J.R. Smith in his little silly little brain of his thought, well, there's a timeout too. I get the rebound and go, bang, timeout. Now we've got another chance to win. So there's two ways. That they could have had a shot to win that game. And there's no guarantee they would have hit a oh, shot to win the game.
1: There's multiple ways because there's there's the J.R. Smith should have could... re- rebound, put it right back up. Although it, Durant, was blocked. Him. Yeah, maybe it gets blocked. I okay. agree. There's he dribbles out. Have you seen this the, the, the screenshot of LeBron stepping towards the top of the free the three point line wide open I know. as JR's dribbling out with three seconds to go, could have hit LeBron,
0: or they could have called timeout. I saw an overhead shot, three-quarters court, that somebody had superimposed a couple of distances mm-hmm. where they showed 20 feet between the nearest defender and LeBron, 15 feet from this guy, and J.R.'s head was down, and you would have thought LeBron would have been in his peripheral vision if he wanted to flip it out there. Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. So, But he's not smart. That's the thing. We've known Jr Smith to be a shoe-on-tire, A soup thrower and now a non-winning shot taker one of the sadly to say lowest IQ basketball players we've ever seen the worst take and it's
1: saying something the worst Worst take take on all this was Doug Gottlieb saying that if J.R. Smith had gone to North Carolina, he would have then they would have known, this. known the time of this game. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Get get out of here. Like, oh, playing for, I don't know if it was Dean Smith or Matt Doherty or, or Deputy Dog at the time or whoever, Bill Guthridge, whoever the hell the coach was when J.R. Smith committed there. I was like, that is...
0: That's, that's that's a some reach next, there that's some next Doug, level uh that's some next level if he had gone to right there.
1: UNC for one year he would have been smart enough to know
0: time and score you went right out of high school correct correct okay I don't remember when he came out if he was that hyped where was he drafted J.R. Smith do you remember <laughs> let me look it up I mean he was a big-time recruit he played I,
1: I think he I think he played at St. Benedict's, um, the the Hurley School. Okay. Uh, um, so, like, big time, you know, big time high school basketball player. I'm pulling up his wiki page right now, okay. but yeah, he did play at St. Benedict's. He was the 18th overall pick in 2004.
0: 18th overall. All right. Well, you. So tell he's me. a year
1: okay. year after the year after the LeBron draft. Okay. He was the 18th overall pick by the
0: Hornets. Is it true that in his high school yearbook, his motto is "quote Get chicks or die trying"? Yes, that is true. <laughs> That's fantastic. I can't argue with that motto. I can't hey, argue. Isn't that from a, a rap? Is song? that wrong? Is that wrong? Exactly. Although I really wouldn't die trying to get a chick. There'll be nah, other chicks. Don't either. don't go crazy on that. So yeah, I pulled up. I pulled
1: up the. Uh, the overhead shot of jr dribbling out it's kavon looney's back is turned he's 17 feet away clay thompson's back is turned he's 20 feet away lebron is wide open with 3.2 seconds
0: at the top of the arc yeah There's it's not also... to say it would have went in it may not no. have gone in but man uh, how about the uh how about the photoshop meme of lebron and jr with the girlfriend Who's out of focus. Coming, who's looking at the ass. The yeah, right. Where the guy. <laughs> right, the guy. There's, I mean, it's just it, the internet is great for this stuff. How about yes. this for a take? You tell me if I'm crazy for this take. It's still LeBron's fault because he could have anybody he wants on the team. And he's chosen to keep J.R. Smith when he's the shadow GM. Could he not have said at some point, we got to get this soup thrower off the team. He, we can't trust this guy in a big spot. No.
1: Mm, now, sort of I, an oblique I, init- take right initially, there. Initially, I would have agreed with you, but the LeBron lover that is Nick Wright actually broke down salaries and how much they would have gained by cutting J.R. Smith or oh, trying to really? trade him. They Because you get to keep the players that you have and you have the ability to go into the luxury tax and all of this, they really wouldn't have had any flexibility to go out and acquire someone via free agency. Let's say if they had cut bait on J.R. Smith. So, well, you're right. It gets into contracts that
0: I don't understand that people probably don't give a shit about. Uh, As bad as J.R. Smith is, one of the funnier things that happened was with three minutes to go in game two, the benches vomited and all these guys flooded onto the court with weird numbers that you've never seen before. And I swear to God, Murray, it looked like an SNL sketch where they just grabbed a bunch of guys and said, go play basketball wearing Cavaliers jerseys. That lineup, that game in the final three minutes sorry to bring up your own career, Mr. Murray, but oh, that was very a- reminiscent. <laughs> that was a that was a show on Sunday night. I'm like, who are all these guys wearing You're weird? You're not a big numbers? Jetty Osman fan? Jetty Osman, Ante Zizich, uh, Jose Calderon in his eighty yes. one jersey. <laughs> I love Jose Calderon. I I watched that game, and these guys, of course, and they're not making any shots, and they look like normal civilians, and I'm thinking to myself, these are all paid professional players. Am I right? Oh, yeah. They're pros. Like, these guys exist on rosters. In theory, these guys could be used in games, but... They're such shit. They're unusable players. And now the bench has vomited them out onto the court because the Cavaliers have turtled. Oh, my God.
1: Do do you know what the most embarrassing thing for me in college was? Was in a blowout situation like that when I didn't get in, (laughs) <laughs> like there were there was a level of shit above me my freshman year where there there were blowouts where i wouldn't even
0: get in i'm like man i suck that bad Then i can't I even can't get in with even these get guys in a,
1: i can't even get in the fucking blowouts
0: oh my god <laughs> that yeah. happens i'll try to find the one other meme that i like the most about jr uh it's the uh it's the one where the guy's floating off into the space with the weird song doo do, 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 do. Doot, do doot, doot, doot. You know that one? do do doot, do yes. do doot, do do doot, 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 doot. Back to this. I'm now looking at the video of the uh, bench for two and a half minutes. Oh, it is somebody, straight awkwardness. Where'd somebody get that video? That's, I don't know. That's a wild cat feed. It's gold, Jerry. Yeah, that's like stuff that I guess if you had, you know, that, that theoretically that should only go to the truck. That feed should Nobody... only go to the truck. It should not get anywhere else out in the wild nobody's trying to console jr
1: i mean at that point zabe it's over the game is done there is no chance that team that
0: you're looking at right there has any chance of okay.
1: winning in overtime how
0: about this i'm, I'm going to loop back for one more attempt to criticize lebron <laughs> he should console him no how about not oh. console him how about isn't it lebron's job to say okay Let's get over it. Let's go and to rally his team and to not put everyone on edge. Like, oh shit, LeBron's really pissed. He's not even talking to anybody. Oh my god, God, that sucked, Jr. You kind of fucked that up, isn't it? LeBron's job to go. Okay, come on, let's fucking win this in overtime. All right, shake it off. No, I, I know, I, I, I think you
1: have. I think you can make that argument. I also go to the argument of their professional basketball players. They need to figure their own shit out. And yeah, I guess so. LeBron. Had scored 49 points and had basically been God on court, and they just should have beaten the Warriors I know. at home and I know. in game one of the NBA Finals. And look, all this J.R. Smith criticism rightfully deserved. He was a fucking moron. George Hill's an 80% free throw yeah, shooter. there's no and he guarantee, front, bro.
0: Front rimmed. As you know, Mr. Murray, Good I, once, Lord. I once watched a 92% free throw shooter miss a free throw. And it cost me one thousand dollars 80% is a nice number it's no guarantee under the heat of hey man you make this you're probably going to beat the Warriors in game one so that didn't shock me but yeah fuck George Hill he sucks he makes 20 million dollars himself George Hill like really wow okay nice leave Leave it to the Sacramento Kings I mean they're the ones who gave him that massive contract people give him stuff right. let's pivot to the other big story from game one, and well, not even on game two yet, although there's not a whole lot to talk about except for Steph Curry's Ridiculous Rainbows. Uh, the other story from game one was the block charge and the tentacles of replay. Murray, I'll relent to you. Go. <laughs> as you know, I am a pro-replay. Uh, I am very pro-replay. Pro-replay and holding firm or pro-replay and sliding as I these am pro replay, pile up? Pro
1: replay holding firm. Okay. But you can't have rogue refs say, you know what? That was a bad call. So let's go check it out. That's not the rules. They claimed they got into bullshit. that on the restricted bullshit. area issue. Shit. I'm gonna I'm sounding like uh the Cameron crazies here. Bullshit. That is bullshit.
0: Bullshit. LeBron yeah. wasn't even close to the restricted arc. He ended up in it, though. If After he got pulled over by Kevin Durant. I know, I know. First of all, it was a block, right? Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent block. Pull it on the floor. So they got call it right. It on the floor. So in other words, they got it right, but they got it right the wrong way, which has now yes. rubbed a lot of people wrong. They went And they doesn't went do rogue. the league any good. This no. is bad for the league,
1: right? Yes. All yes. Right. Because this has happened, as Ty Lue said, he's like, this has never happened in NBA history. That's not necessarily true. I think... Someone, it's happened I was, a couple of times. They they said this rule was instituted like eight years ago, Zabe. Where if you're inside, if they check the restricted arc, they can change a blocker charge. even if They said if you're eight years ago. I thought I thought, I in, thought
0: the rest- I thought replay on restricted arc was several years old, and that replay as uh, that restricted arc as an entry to change block charge uh, was uh, only instituted the last year. That's I think what they said on ABC. I. I'm just taking. I
1: think it was it was either Zach Lowe or Windhorse, one of the ESPN you know nerds who follow this stuff, and they said it's only happened like a reversal has only happened maybe eight or ten times.
0: Okay, well this is where, and I'll shut up and let you talk after this, but real quick, this is my the origins of my rant against replay, especially in basketball, when they started to introduce it. It started with only on buzzer-beating shots. We wouldn't want a buzzer beater to have been in somebody's hands, God forbid, and have everyone in the world see it with replay and not be allowed to change it. And I said, okay, well, the the box is now being opened. I immediately said, as soon as they started using replay in basketball, I said, well, you're going to look at block charge, the hardest call to make in all of basketball. And now here we are, however many years later, doing just what? Block charge assessment by way of video review. And it's not going to end here. In fact. No, I, I don't fact, know where it ends. I'll and... give you a headline. Get this. Just, just from uh, less than an hour ago, or not an hour ago, maybe Monday morning. NBA to test coaches. Challenge. Replay challenge at Summer League. <laughs> there we go. There we go.
1: Am I crazy that Where's I Where is it in, Murray, I, as a pro I would prefer, replay guy? I would prefer to have the challenge. I like the challenge system. If you fuck up and you make a wrong decision, that's on you. You don't get—but I am pro replay because what's the alternative? Allowing these morons in stripes who have been so terrible this NBA Finals to have all the power— that's where I that's why I'm pro but replay. They still have the power cuz they're the ones These guys suck. I know they but they're the
0: terrible. They're the ones that go look at the replay though.
1: I know. I look. So do you it's want, not a perfect system. I'm I don't so know what ju- the perfect system is, I, Abe, but I'm, I don't want these guys. The reason I'm so pro replay is because I can't allow there to be no checks and balances. I can't de- allow these fucking idiots who by the way, if you're a ref, how do you call that a fucking charge? His body was twisted. There was a lot of contact, but you, as a
0: professional referee, need to know, bang, bang, that is a block. Kenny Maurer made the call. He's one of the most decorated and and respected NBA refs. They called. There was no foul call last night on the
1: outlet pass to LeBron where he was taken down by Steph and or Clay, however you want to look at it. The air, ball, the air ball from Steph Curry, which I believe he shot with his left hand, was not touched, and it was so terrible that the ref was like, uh, I think it was tipped. It was such a bad shot. I was like, no, it was not even close to being tipped. Was it a foul? I didn't see that particular play the the takedown of LeBron where
0: Ty Lue got the technical foul yes yes yeah
1: I mean it was there was contact and you just you have to call something there
0: well here's the thing the game has so much contact and these athletes the NBA player of today is so more explosive than of 40 years ago that the game has become very impossible to referee especially when as part of the unspoken unwritten mandate of the league is let's not go fouling anybody out it allows for contact on every play, and it's a matter of picking and choosing the more egregious of contact based on a very amorphous set of principles. That's what I think. I'll hang up and listen off the air. I just, I, I, I know there's no perfect way, and I so get then, lumped in. So then why? So then why? Then why try? Then accept the imperfection, Murray say you know what shit's but, gonna but, happen but then when there is a three pointer or a bang bang play at first base or when we when we have nah, the technology sports. To, I know I know just stick to your beloved basketball so much judgment in every but foul in call.
1: basketball what drives me off the wall is how fucking long they take to check a a two or a three or the time I agree with you Zabe buzzer beaters have been eliminated because of replay. Right. I I'm not I'm I'm willing to meet somewhere in the middle here. I'm not pro replay everything. They they take advantage of the
0: monitor on the sideline way too often. Sure. Uh, no disqualifications due to six fouls in game number 2 and no disqualifications due to fouls in game 1. I could go back and look at a bunch of other NBA playoff games. I would say the disqualification by foul rate in the NBA is significantly lower than in college. Not just, and and that's with an, obviously they've got an extra foul. The principle of the league has always been, we're not fouling guys out. But basketball, as Dr. Naismith intended, was to have a penalty for overly aggressive play, which is, you're out. You got six fouls, you're out. And so therefore, there's a lot of contact. You look at the high-scoring games of the 70s, in which three-point shooting was very limited at best. In fact, it didn't exist in the NBA until after the merger. Then, you know, how'd they get up to the 120s? Well, you've seen the videos, Murray. They don't touch anybody on defense. But I I mean, I also... Basketball in the early 2000s was dreadful. It was so bad. Well, it had gotten to be uh, trench warfare. Right. Because of Pat Riley and Van Gundy decided, well, we're going to play super physical. They can't call them all. And they don't like to foul anybody out, so hello, 78-74 uh, final. And then they started saying no hand-checking. Well, shit, I saw hand-checking by Draymond Green all night last night and other players. Why don't they fucking call that? A quick aside, is Draymond Green the most unlikable sports figure? He's bad. He's, he, he's Bill Beer bad in terms of, <laughs> I hate that guy. He so needs to get a basketball in the face. Well, Tristan Thompson tried
1: to get one in his face, and it kind of slipped off. And, I know. A buddy of mine. Oh, by the way, do you
0: like the fact that Draymond said, I'll meet Tristan Thompson outside anytime? Yeah. I think, Murray, we should set up actual fights. Oh, that'd be great. Since we brought back bare-knuckle boxing to America, which is a dubious idea at best, why don't we actually set up fights, and we can put gloves on Draymond and Tristan, but sell that as a pay-per-view over the summer to give us something to talk about. Oh, the finals are over, Uh, the Cavaliers got swept, but the Tristan thompson Draymond Green boxing match is going to take place July 10th. I'm in. (laughs) Draymond Green, he he gets a lot of technicals, but he's
1: gotten to the point, Zabe, where he gets so many technicals that when he just yells in the face of a referee, I feel like all refs are like, well, he's done worse, so probably shouldn't tee him up for that. I don't know how he doesn't get a technical... On every play, I know there was a there was a moment last night where LeBron got fouled and he he traveled, but everyone travels and and Draymond goes into that's a travel. He screams in the face of one ref, pivots and then starts
0: yelling at another ref. Yeah, no technical. Well, Joey Crawford is no longer in the league. Joey Crawford once teed up Tim Duncan for aggressive clapping after a foul. One of these, like. <laughs> Yeah. Bang! T! Steve Javy, who's on TV and mostly worthless. I don't know what you think about Steve Javi on the broadcast. Steve yeah, Jabby was another not, guy. Not great. Steve Javi, I watched Steve Jabby eject the mascot at a Bullets game back in the late 80s. Steve Jabby also said that LeBron
1: was in proper defensive position. <laughs> yes. I'm like, what?!
0: That's because you can
1: you can be in favor of this not getting overturned because they're abusing their power. But for anybody to say that that
0: was not a block, you've never watched basketball before. His body was sideways. I think we're heading towards a call your own league, which I think could have some appeal. If you mic up the players, let you hear the arguments. Bitch, that wasn't no foul. Fuck you, man. I'll fuck you up outside call your own, run it back. I want to see guys going the other way, like at the pickup courts, Murray, where everyone's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, ho, 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 ho. And then a 20-minute discussion ensues. And someone punts the ball. <laughs> you fucking pussy. <laughs> Don't you love that when it happens in oh. pickup games? I used
1: to never call fouls, unless I was, like, just my arm was ripped off. Because so I'm like, ah, I should have made that shot. But if you notice, and I... I can't decide if I like it or don't like it. Like, let's say LeBron drives to the hoop and he misses a layup, there'll be a late whistle because he was contacted, but they don't want to give him an and-one. But since he missed the layup, then they'll give him the free throws.
0: Well, he's contacted every time going every time t- he's got the Shaq syndrome. We're like, eh,
1: was it that you, bad
0: though? How do you officiate LeBron? It's it's very hard because guys are contesting hard. They're jumping up in the air. Here's another foul call. We're uh, while well, we're griping about foul calls. How about the um, Kyle Korver foul going across? Uh, It it was uh, Clay Thompson's three-point attempt. He was clearly not jumping into Clay Thompson. Oh, yeah, and the lean-in shit? And he totally leaned in in an unnatural way, and they got, got, what's his name, Korver, just because he jumped in the air. And Van Gundy was openly saying, they've got to address this. This is not the way the rules should be called. I agree. It's it's in one sense
1: heads up basketball because he's trying to get contact or you just let the dude fly by and you get an open look and you're a great three-point shooter it's it's a it's what lebron does and a lot of other players do they're they've got such quick triggers so if the hand is in just over your hand they'll quickly try to rise and shoot a jumper and they get that foul call all the time yeah i mean it's 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 not really basketball. I understand why they do it, but it's yeah, it's just one of those things. Where you're like, uh, all right, Steph Curry, go. Oh, Give me a minute on Steph Curry. Vintage Steph Curry, and what he was able to do. He slowly sucked the soul out of the Cavaliers last night, and there were just moments in that game. And Tim Legler pointed out one post game, which, by the way, I love Tim Legler on Sports Center. Legs I think he is a really tremendous really good. Job. So it was forty-four thirty-six midway through the second quarter. And this is what Steph Curry can do just to demoralize you. So LeBron drives and hits a wide-open Kevin Love. Obviously, Kevin Love misses because he can't make open fucking jumpers. Draymond gets the <laughs> rebound. Transition, Steph Curry three. So instead of it being a five-point game, it's now an 11-point game. And then another moment later in that quarter, Zabe, it was... 51 LeBron had just I think driven to the bucket to cut it to seven and Steph Curry comes down in 10 seconds and just hits this 30 foot three and you just can't do anything about it and I, I feel like because he's been a bit banged up this year and Kevin Durant kind of took over that team last year we forget that Steph Curry could be the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the NBA what do you mean could be?
0: I, Who's okay. arguing I, that there's somebody I think better? He,
1: I think he is, but Who? someone l- l- some curmudgeon might say, Well, Larry Bird, hey you,
0: you, 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 you fucking yeah. millennial? How could you forget about thirty three? Right. There'll will either be an old guy argument like you're too young to remember so and so, or there'll be a nerdolytics guy that says, Well, actually in terms of efficiency rate of threes, uh, Clay Thompson is better. Who high you leave Steph Curry open anywhere? He he's got like an, a seventy percent
1: chance of hitting that. It's crazy. And, and, it's crazy. What I call? Did...
0: I call him Shootatron three thousand, a, Dave... a machine that has we've never seen before. And the fadeaway three was oh my god so awesome. Holy and shit! And Kevin Love actually defended that well. Yeah.
1: And 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 what Curry has the ability of doing, as I mentioned, sucking the soul out of you. So these are all moments where you know, Cavs had scored four straight. They had just gotten a turnover. They're starting to feel good, and boom, it's gone. All that momentum gone because Curry hits a circus shot, and the lead is back to ten. He went five for five from three in the fourth quarter. It it just it it takes every little bit of life out of you. He sucks it out of you. It's like the end of Mortal Kombat when they steal your soul. Yes, it that's sucks what it. he That's what he does with yeah. these threes because yeah. he comes down, you work hard let's say you have a good offensive possession you get a backdoor dunk and you're, yes! Feeling good. He comes down, he's like, eh, I'll just hit a fucking three from 32 feet. and nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and the J.R. Smith, going back to J.R. Smith and situational awareness, something that wasn't brought up enough in game one was at the end of the first half when Steph Curry hit that thirty-three footer or thirty-seven footer, whatever it was, at the buzzer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. J.R. Smith went for the steal and wasn't even close. Of course, all he has to do is stand in, in front of, of Curry, put as your hands contested. up. He's not going to make yeah. that shot. Yeah. Instead, he lets Steph Curry, yeah. as you so. say,
0: shoot a thron. Shoot a thron three thousand. A wide open thirty-five footer, and he can make that <laughs> yeah, shot. Wide open thirty-five footer. It it's sounds so funny when you say it. All right, real quick. So the series is going to go how many games? Five?
1: I, I said from the start it's going to go five. I think yeah. the Cavs will win game three. They'll lose game four. Game four will be close. I bet and then... I bet
0: the Warriors tank one just to be yeah. able to win at home. Yeah,
1: like they did last year. Yeah. Game like... four last year, they got their ass kicked, but they, they went to Cleveland. They did what they had to do. They won one game,
0: and they're going to come back to Golden State, and they're going to win it on their home floor. There you go. Give a full effort in game three so you get to 3-0, and then you can tank game four. Although, what if they get out tanked by the Cavaliers? If the Warriors win game three, thinking we'll rest game four and then win it at home in front of the crowd at home in five, the Cavaliers might already go on vacation. And then we could have like the most ugly game four you've ever seen, right? But I don't think LeBron. As much as
1: he'll say he doesn't care about his legacy, you know he cares about it. He can't. I just saw the fucking morons yelling about it on ESPN. Well, what will it do to his legacy if he gets swept again?
0: He doesn't want to get swept. You're right. How about him walking back? How about him not getting back in the play on defense? Oh, that that was terrible. He's not a good defender. When he wants to be a
1: one-on-one defender, he's okay. okay. All right. But he... There were plays, I want to say, game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals where he just didn't get out on a Jason Tatum three. And it's like, right.
0: dude, what, what are you doing? Let's get your two seconds on the Capitals. Not two seconds. I'll give you a minute. How you feeling, buddy? I don't, I don't want to say. Okay.
1: I feel fucking great. Zach. Yeah! I feel great, and it, it, and it bothers me. I feel so good. Okay. And I was – so I, I went out to dinner with the wife
0: on Saturday night. It was our anniversary, five years.
1: Congratulations!
0: And, uh, You're now out of warranty with the marriage, so yeah. make sure to take her out and treat her nice these days. Because so we
1: went to uh, we were out in uh, Frederick, Maryland, my old stomping grounds. Had a beautiful dinner, and then I was like, "Can we go to? A, we're gonna go get a drink and and watch the game a little bit." And I'm sitting at this. I wouldn't say hoity-toity. Uh, there were some normal people there. My hoity-toity. Age. Is that
0: is that a word? Lloydie toidy, Lloydie toidy, Lloydie toy, Lloydie toity Okay, not quite hoity toity, hoity toidy, Lloydie toidy. It's loity-toity. A close loity-toity. to toy. Okay, nah, Go ahead. whatever. Yeah, you're out there. You're watching the game. There weren't dinner. people with their pinkies up, but I'm sitting at the
1: at the bar, and and Frederick's a you know DC suburb, Baltimore suburb, Pro caps, and OV scores, and I give a big clap. I'm like, yeah, and nobody did anything. I'm like, oh. really? Oh. I was like, "Come on, the game is on. Nobody's cheering." Then you know what?
0: You were at a you were at a hoity-toity place. I guess so. Okay. All right. With that said, you know what? It's time for right now, Murray. Ooh, yeah. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Ha ha! Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, who is your nominee for
1: this week, Mr. Murray? You know, Zabe, I thought initially about the conspiracy theorists out there. I thought about throwing a fuck that guy to them. I'm like, don't you think that the conspiracy theorists, if there really was one, wouldn't they want LeBron to win? But my true fuck that guy is Rodney Hood. <laughs>
0: The, Rodney. Guy, the guy who refused to go into a Look, game earlier in the, the guy playoffs. who
1: refused to go into a game and then told the undefeated over at ESPN about his current situation quote there is something different it has been tough the basketball stuff has been the easiest part the stuff that comes out of it you lose a game and everybody talks about it on TV the next day they may say some things that you may not agree with if you win a game you're supposed to those kind of things are something I kind of Got on a much smaller scale and dealt with at Duke. You lose a game and you feel like the world is coming down. You win. It's like you're supposed to win. It's a struggle to me to adapt that. Grow a pair of balls. Are you fucking kidding me? What would you rather be doing? Scoring 16 points a game in Utah and being eliminated in the first round? You're a fucking basketball player. And don't give me this bullshit that playing with LeBron is hard. Playing with stars is difficult, but you know what LeBron and others do? They make you better if you're willing
0: to be better. So you say to one Rodney Hood, Fuck that guy. All right, my fuck that guy this week goes to hackers. Hackers who hack things for no financial gain whatsoever. If you're a hacker that's stealing money or Bitcoin, I understand you're trying to make a living, okay? It's what you do to put food on the table. I'm talking about hackers like the guys who hacked Buffalo Wild Wings' Twitter account. Did you see this? Heard about it. Did not see it. Tweet number one. Under the Buffalo Wild Wings account, Tommy thinks that Glove is a bald midget with a small dick. (laughs) (laughs) Tweet number two. Reminder that at Wendy's touches kids. Stupid nonsense. Third one was... Our secret recipe is Tommy's cum. That's what oh. makes our wings so good. <laughs> you asshole. Hey, to the guy that decided to hack their Twitter account, fuck that guy. So bad, so bad, so bad, so bad. Although I did laugh a little bit. I mean, that come is, on, grow up, with it. That ya? is funny. And but especially yeah. for a loyal advertiser and a place that I love to go to, Buffalo Wild Wings, you shouldn't have done them wrong like that. So knock it off, you kids. Knock it off. And... I guess Buffalo Wild Wings should change their password from what it is to... uh, Maybe it was like (laughs) Wings1234. What do you think the Buffalo Wild Wings is? Uh, Mighty Wings12. No idea. All right, Mr. Murray, they can follow you on Twitter at... 1TimMurray. And listen to you every morning on... SB Nation AM on SB
1: Nation Radio.
0: All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, let's end with this. They say that having a positive attitude in life is 90% of the secret of living a happy life. Well, if that's the case, this woman is an absolute inspiration. Headline, Woman who gouged her own eyes out in methamphetamine bender says, quote, It feels really nice to now be blind. Kaylee Muthart is sober and at peace three months after gouging her own eyes out. You know, we always say this. I'd rather gouge my own eyes out than dot, dot, dot. She told People Magazine, it actually feels really nice. The way it worked out is the way God had it work out, and that's just the way it is. I'd rather for it to have happened, I'd, but I'd rather for it to have happened Then to still be stuck in that world, and that world means a world in which she was uh, in a death spiral of drug use. The intense meth-laced hallucination led her to rip out her own eyes the morning of Feb 6, just a few days before she was supposed to check into a drug rehab center. She underwent emergency surgery on her vacant orbital sockets, then spent time in both physical and psychiatric recovery facilities. The 20-year-old returned to her mother's South Carolina home clean and sober about a month later. She said, I actually feel like a person. I feel like myself, and I don't feel like I'm chasing something. If she lives long enough, and she's only 20, she's uh, going to probably be able to see at some point again. We will probably at some point crack an ability to create an artificial eye, a computer eye that actually sees for you. I have... Zero doubt in my mind that that will happen, let's say, in the next 50 years. I mean, 50 years is a long time, technology-wise. Now, I just turned 50, as you know, and I'd love to live to 100, but I'm not going to brag about it like Andy Poland does. I believe if I do live to 100, I will easily see this girl, if she doesn't fall back into methamphetamine use or walk into a train, she will be able to see again in some way, shape, or form. But I give her this. That is a... If she really believes that, and that's not just putting on a brave face for a newspaper magazine or a magazine article, then God bless her. God bless her. It feels really nice. At least she's alive. you got to look at it that way. At least she's alive. That'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit them up to say, you got to listen to this guy, Zayn. He's really good. It's more than just sports. It's, it's life. It's everything. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, and more. And always remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.